0: might find something you love.
1: You're in.
2: I'm in. So maybe the, the, the gentlemen and the women who watch this show uh, get the privy to see what I did what I get to see with Cajun. This guy is a true leader. He 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 lives by the foundation of if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. So if you feel any tension, any animosity, it's not against you guys, Luca Nation, Cajun Cardboard community. It's against me that I was 10 minutes late by Cajun standards. Today's episode is going to be truly one you're going to want to come back to. We're going to give you 13 cases for NBA MVP in 22-23 season. My amazing co-host, Cajun Cardboard, welcome to the show. I apologize for stealing the intro.
1: No, you're great at intros, but I want to make sure that we lay a foundation to cover our ass, right? And so <laughs> we're going to throw a big cast net out there. I want to be uh, overly inclusive, Andrew, rather than under-inclusive because we're going to get some Pascal Siakam super collector who's going to threaten us with like a direct message, you know, because he wasn't in the mix or this or that. It's inevitable no matter. It's like, it's like March Madness, right? They can expand it to 131 teams, but no matter what they do, the 132nd team is going to bitch. So somebody out there, uh, you know, uh, collects SGA, you know, a friend of ours, maybe a mutual friend who's going to demand that he's included. And so we've thrown a big old cast net. So we're going to call it our uh, 30% uh, NBA MVP pool. That's what this is going to be. It's a pool of players They could play their way up or down. We're not going to call it a ladder because somebody else calls it a ladder, and we're not going to do it. It's going to be a pool. And so, um, you know, every 10% of the way through the season, a few of these guys are probably going to hop out of the pool and go get some sun over on the chair, right, because we still have 85-degree weather down here in Baton Rouge. And some of these guys are going to swim this thing out, and then there's going to be probably three or four in the end, like there always is but I don't ever remember being this deep into the season. It's crazy to think we're 30% into the season Mm -hmm. and there's this many guys statistically that are in the conversation. And, And I think ultimately, and this is going to be an overriding theme of our talk today is that I think ultimately, which is usually the case, team success is going to play certain guys in or play certain guys, more likely play certain guys out. In other words, if you finish sixth in your conference, Man, you would really have to separate statistically in order to be considered, uh, you know, an MVP, a viable MVP candidate, uh, because there's so many guys bunched up at the top. But we'll see. Injuries also shake things out. Trades could shake things out. Uh, but so I've got thirteen occasions. This
2: is our fifth week of doing this. It goes in hand in hand with what we've been saying. Yeah, Most talent we've seen in this league in a long time and a lot of parity. So and th- numbers are up.
1: Andrew numbers are way up. Like numbers are up when there's more points being scored and more shots being taken. There's more rebounds being snatched. There's more assists. There's more threes. There's more steals. There's more, you know, there's more everything. You're just, it feels to me like it's really opening up and there's just like eye popping games. There's so many 50 point games. I mean, Embiid's already had two of them. There's 40 point games every night. SGA had one last night. And it's the usual suspects that are just banging out these ridiculous stat lines across the board. And the thing is they're doing it in crazy efficient ways. I mean, it used to be like, oh, Jokic is far and away more efficient than, you Mm -hmm. know, the next closest guy. Dude, go down the list. There's guards being efficient. There's bigs being efficient. So here's the deal. First, I want to throw three names out there. We're not going to talk about them any more than I just want to throw these names out there because if – somehow, something happened, and these three teams vaulted into the top of the conference standings, all three of these guys' names would be considered, assuming they stay healthy and finish the season. You ready? Three names. They're not in my top 13. This is 14, 15, and 16. Siakam, who is Putting up statistically significantly better numbers than even I realized because the mediocre Raptors are what I said they would be. I know you love them. You have a love affair. No, 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 no. no,
2: no. That's that's Alex who loves them. I'm not Alex.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, they were everybody's analytical darling before the season because they had 75 two way wings. Uh, So, Siakam, (laughs) Paul George, right, who just keeps doing what he does. He's 32 years old. He keeps doing what he does. Obviously, how many will he sit? Will he stay healthy? Still a pretty good defender, not what he used to be, right? Not used used to be top 10 defender in the league. Uh, And then Damian Lillard, who missed a little stretch of games there, but he's come back again. So this is a second comeback just this season uh, off of, you know, injuries, nagging injuries. He doesn't quite have the games, but if he kind of plays the season out and if somehow – I don't think this is going to happen, but, you know, if somehow the Blazers finish first or second in the West, right? I know that sounds preposterous, but – you know, the thing about the NBA standings is I'm going to pull them up real quick here and I'm going to share them on our screen because I've got that capacity here in Baton Rouge. Uh, if somehow the Portland Trailblazers who are in right now, Andrew, they are in six. They are in with not having Lillard for uh, two good stretches during this season. They're 15 and 12. They're three and a half out of first. Right. And the Pelicans were just in six and they're in first. And so anything can happen in a two week span. It's not out of the question that the Blazers could be in first. It's also not out of the question that the Warriors could be in first. It's just that bunched up. The team that's leading the West is only four and a half up of not even being in the play-in, and that's nuts, right? That's crazy. Uh, the Timberwolves, and the Lakers, outside looking in, and those are two teams that if they get it clicking, they're going to be a problem as well. We've seen the Lakers start to click a little bit better. Uh, but uh, that, those three guys, I just want to throw that. Paul George, Siakam, Lillard, that's all we're going to say about them. Let's get cranking on our uh, on our top thirteen list. Are you good with that? That's rock. You want to go? Let's go in reverse order because that's just the way people like to watch stuff on content, right? You want to start and work your way up to a crescendo, so we hook the viewers and make sure they watch it till the end. Is that what we want to do?
2: That's right. And and the viewers are here for you. I'm just here for maybe a little color commentary, a humor. Maybe I'll poke the bear and say the Celtics are better than the Bucks. And then we'll get deviated. But this is your show. I know you have a hard stop because you have a very important lunch after this. Yeah. Take it away, my 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 basketball coaching friend.
1: Okay. So I, I just – I charted down my 13, right? And these, again, just to be clear because I don't want to get second-guessed. And, and, look, we're putting ourselves out there, or at least I am. I mean, we can look really stupid, you know, six weeks from now because some of these guys may just completely disappear. But I've got Shea Gilgis Alexander 13th on my list. Wow. 13th. Would so, that have been different three weeks ago? Would he be top three, top four, top five? No. And, here, and here's why. Remember, MVP voting is going to hinge on team success, right? And so uh, I think they're overachieving as is. And right now they are the 13th team in the West. And I think they're overachieving. So I think they're clearly going to finish bottom three, bottom four in the West. Um and I just don't know how much better he could possibly play. Like he's, you know, statistically, he's an absolute animal. He's the third, number three ranked fantasy player. Um, you know, I've got some notes written down. You know, he had a monstrous explosion last night in a just a beautiful battle of two ultra high usage guards last night against Doncic. And, uh, and Doncic got him this time. SGA got him the time before. Um, you know, I think he had 42 last night. Uh, so his three pointers have come back to earth, like I told you they would. His percentages are going to come down because they're not sustainable. He's six of his last 30 from three, and he's even com- wow. pretty much completely stopped taking them.
2: Let me ask you this Who's a better supporting cast, OKC or the Mavs? Thunder or Mavs?
1: Um, the fact I'm hesitating on this is scary, right? Uh, let me think through this. Um,
2: it's a question for the audience as well, right? Yeah. Well, is let's
1: let's go player by player. Would you rather have Lou Dort as your two? Would Doncic rather have Lou Dort next to him or Tim Hardaway Jr.? I would take Dort. I'd probably take Dort because he could. I mean, he's probably threatening the other team's family. Uh, you know, pregame, he's he's toughness. not dude. He
2: brings toughness.
1: And he's, yeah, he brings toughness. He, he's like a super athletic Marcus Smart, who is probably well, he's significantly springier and and younger and more physical, but. I don't know. I like Dort. Uh, You know, Pokaszewski versus Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith, I know he's a lockdown defender, but, like, he's been atrocious offensively. I mean, really it comes down to the next best players. I'll tell you what, I like Jalen Williams uh, better than any young player. If you compare Jalen Williams, you know, the Bronco from from OKC uh, with, let's say – um uh, who's the best young player on the Mavericks? Josh Green's their only real young prospect guy that gets minutes in the rotation. I mean, give me Jalen Williams all day long every day. Um my I guess Wood is- as much any- as I hate Christian Wood, he's better probably than the second but he's probably better than Giddy right now cuz Giddy can't shoot. He just can't shoot the ball, man. We keep waiting for it to click.
2: My point with that whole uh, comparison is any case as much as we love SGA, he burst onto the scene. He's probably going to be most improved player. Um any case we make for SGA,
1: Lucas just a little bit better in team success. It, it's inevitable. Like they're they're basically doing they're doing the, the hardened Rockets that right. act. They're they're putting that act on. Like, watch me create every shot for every player and myself for an entire season and play more minutes than anybody right. and have a higher usage than anybody. Watch me do everything. And they're both doing it. They're both doing it statistically at a pretty similar clip. But you're never going to get an MVP when your team is 13th or 14th. You're just not. And that's where I think, okay, see, so SGA is the first one to hop out of the pool. I kept him in here just as a sign of appreciation of just how nasty he's been this year. Um, You know, statistically balanced, consistent. uh, Team failure is going to doom him. Uh, You know, the difference between SGA and Doncic is Doncic is working his way towards becoming a mediocre defender, and SGA is a freaking nut defender. He's a really good two-way point guard. A really good switchable two-way point guard who's, you know, got got even more upside defensively. So, but SGA would still be my first out strictly because of team success. Um I think
2: I think just real quick you guys he'll probably get most improved. If you look just across the board, his shooting percentages are significantly better from yeah. 24 points a game to 30 points a game, uh shooting 93% from the free throw line. He has maybe they don't give most improved to that type of player, yeah. but I think he's most improved.
1: Well, Here's his issue with getting most improved is, you know, right now they're trying to win. Uh, What happens when they decide, you know what? I really would like to have a 14% chance to win this lottery. Uh, They may shut him down for a vaginal strain or a bruised uh, toe or uh, my hair hurts or whatever. Uh, The the NBA teams are about this. This shit's about to get nuts. I know Adam Silver can send out as many letters as he wants to. But Cade Cunningham started this, oh, yeah, watch how many games we can lose uh, race uh, for the Pistons. and So, OKC is going to be right in the mix. They are.
2: Cade's um, a liability. They would lose more games if Cade played. Cade sucks. We can't do
1: this. You can't do this. You can do this in our group text. You cannot do this on camera. You like Cade? You can't do this on camera because it's going to be a diatribe. We're not going to get through the video. Let's rock. Number 12. Number 12, and this is going to shock people. The next person that I think is going to bounce out of the pool is Morant because he's not quite there statistically from an efficiency standpoint in comparison with these other guys. So while his counting stats do look pretty good, he's not there. Uh, Like if you look at Morant, uh, Booker, Paul George, and Siakam, indistinguishable statistically. They, They just are. Now here's what Morant does have going for him. The wild wow factor, right? There's a couple of guys on this list that that have what I call, and I didn't make this up. Obviously, the wild wow factor, right? Jokic doesn't have the wild wow, wow factor, right? But Zion does, Morant does. Uh, Doncic does in a different way, below the rim. Oh, my God, did you see that pass Doncic threw last night? Oh, my God, he threw a bounce pass through somebody's legs laying on the ground. Did you see, you know, the, the up and under, you know, does, move that Donchich did, blah, blah, blah. Does Tatum have the wow factor? No, absolutely not. Does Giannis? Uh, Giannis does, yeah, but we're what? desensitized to it. We're desensitized to it, Andrew. This uh, guy. We're desensitized. Are we not? If Giannis scored 35 and 17 in the next game that he plays, would that's not the
2: question though. The question is does he have the wow factor?
1: Okay. Well, if Giannis dunks the ball over the top of John Collins and knocks him into the stanchion, it's just different than if John Morant does it. You know? There's different levels. There's just different levels. But yeah, I think he does. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's I mean, go look at Giannis's highlights throughout his career. Every once in a while, he'll do something. It's like, oh, he's not supposed to dunk the ball in that way. Or did he just go up the entire court with two dribbles? So I think Giannis My wild factor
2: that. for Giannis is actually on the defensive end. Am My right? wild he's factor
1: on. is when he shoots a free throw because I turn the TV off.
2: <laughs> it's so gross. Oh, yeah. So you have Morant number
1: 12. Even I have Morant 12. More- and, and it's also, remember, every single one of these 13, we're factoring in team success. And I know where there? they are in the stand. I, I,
2: what? Grizz are tied for first. I've got it pulled up. The Grizz are, are a
1: half game out of first. Half game back. My apologies. A half game out of first. Uh, but remember, Bane, and, and again, I know they're treading water right now. Bain's out another three or four weeks from what I understand. I might be wrong on that, but that's another 15 games. That's a fifth of the season almost. So I don't know how much water they can tread. They're doing a great job of it right now, and they did a great job of it last year with no Moran's. Um, and so that kind of cuts against Morant's argument as well. And then, of course, there's the people out there, you know, like you, who love to say, are the Mavericks well, better without Donchich? Are, are the Grizzlies better without Morant? Are the Lakers better without LeBron? You know, you you love to say that stuff. You love to send texts like that.
2: I haven't even said anything. It's hard to get a word in with occasion. But I okay. actually think JJJ coming back, Triple J, is yeah. their most valuable player outside Dude, of Morant.
1: He's been phenomenal and you know i'm not big on him but he's been ridiculous like especially defensively the dude's ridiculous he had a, i think he had eight blocks last night eight freaking blocks last night that's nuts
2: 21 years um, old too very young kid
1: so so morant is you know and again fantasy basketball is not real basketball but fantasy basketball takes into account a, a broad spectrum of statistics you know it kind of aggregates them it weights the categories evenly and then it spits out who's best who's not best So on Basketball Monster, John Morant in a category league, right? Eight categories, offense, defense, points, rebounds, assists, deals, blocks, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, threes made. He's 39th. He's the 39th best player in the NBA. Yeah. He's the second worst fantasy player on my list of 13. That's insane. I I would have never thought. Here's the other deal that people kind of take for granted with John Morant. He's a huge injury concern. Guess how many games John Morant's played in his last three seasons? How many games do you think a player on this list is going to have to play to win MVP? Just 62, minimum threshold.
2: 62. You can miss 20 you, games. you think a
1: player can miss a fourth of the season and win MVP if Jokic plays 77 games? It ain't happening. I'll say 20 games you can miss. I, I don't think you can this year. Like, I think okay. – it, that's it, it could, you could say that maybe in prior years, I'd like to go back and look at MVPs and get and see, you know what I'm saying? We should have right. done that. Uh, maybe that's another video and see the average number of games that an MVP award winner plays. I would think it would be closer to 72. That's just me rather than 62, but John Moran's last three seasons, has uh, only three seasons, 67, 63, 57. So barely if, that enough is rookie season and then certainly you're not winning MVP playing 57 games and it's trending in the wrong direction right. so let's see you know let's see if Morant can get through it Morant's 12th uh he's got by far the worst true shooting percentage but again you know the voters the narrative the wow factor the next great small guy you know he's got all that stuff going for him in the narrative so uh Morant would be in the next out of the pool for me and this is not easy this is like splitting hairs next out of the pool would be Booker He's Got the worst PER amongst the 13, and it's not close. Uh, he's got the same PER as Aiden, who people think is a big stiff that's underachieving. He's got he, the same do PER you know, as do
2: you know how PER is measured, just real quick, or how do you understand it? Because I, I don't look at PER, I don't. but I do okay. No, but I'm <laughs> a big fan look, of
1: it, right? I'm an old school dude, I recognize analytics, I recognize the importance of analytics, and we're going to talk a little bit more about some other analytics that I don't consider at all. PER is. The closest thing to an analytical uh, composite that I would embrace, than my old grumpy ass, I would embrace PER to some extent. It doesn't replace the eye test for me, but it's the closest analytic number, more than Raptor, uh, Real Plus Minus, uh, you know, estimated plus minus wins against replacements, all that crap. PER is the closest thing to something that I can lean on and really look at because in the past, it's been a really good indicator of the MVP award winner. Uh, and, and that being said, Booker's got the worst out of all these guys on the list. He's got a terrible, um, you know, and here's the other thing. He's got to overcome the expectation that they should win the West. Like they're supposed to win the West. You know what I mean? Like, is that fair? I mean, they won it in the past they they're kind of they've been to the finals they're kind of expected went, to win
2: they went finals lost to the Mavs in game seven so you have to improve on that if it's a step back there's no way you could take a step back and and win the MVP I I'm very worried about the Suns that, team that's,
1: I that's think my the, point. yeah like 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 is there any is there any scenario where the Suns finish third in the West and Booker wins MVP there's no way because statistically he's on the weaker end of these 13 players And I'm talking about an all NBA player. Like he's clearly, he is elite amongst elite, but amongst these 13, if he's not better statistically and his team doesn't win the West, he has a zero chance, no chance because he also doesn't have the wow factor.
2: I'll say Cage was right about this when it came to Booker. Uh, I think what we're seeing is the truth, right? He peaked, we saw a little bit of the peak the last two years. And I just think the Suns team and Booker They're trending down. I'm very worried about the Suns team and where they're going to finish this season in the regular season and where they're going to be
1: in the playoffs. So I'm with you on that. I don't think Booker's peaked. Uh, I don't think Bridges has peaked. I don't think Ayton's peaked. And they haven't had Cameron Johnson, who's a pretty good NBA player. He's an important rotation player for sure. like him. Yeah. Uh, And he, and he fits them exactly perfectly. Like, they really need that position filled. Um, but Chris Paul's the, the guy that'll dictate the success or failure of that team. He's not been the same Chris Paul. He's not even shooting the ball. Like he's not shooting the ball, and so uh, I would worry that he'd be the reason they can't replicate what they've done in past years. Booker's out. Okay, so Booker's the third one out of the pool. SGA, Morant, Booker. Next, um, next out of the pool is and this guy's on fire, so it's hard for me to say this. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's tenth on my list. And he might be higher on other people's lists. I, I don't know. I just think he's got a one What's that? Thirty-four and four, right? Is or his averages? Big numbers, yeah. It's, I mean, it's big numbers. You know, um, he's scoring the shit out of the ball, but so is everybody else on the list that's ahead of him. You know, it's really hard. You know, is thirty that much better than twenty-eight a game? I, I don't. I don't know. It, it is an extra two points per game um, at a less efficient, you know, rate? as important as an extra four assists and rebounds, like a Doncic or, or an AD with 13 rebounds. again. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's difficult to kind of put these together. The other thing is he's got tons of help around him. He's got tons of help in the backcourt, maybe one of the best backcourts in the NBA, arguably. Um, again, he has the wild wow factor too. Every once in a while, he'll do something that a six-one guy is not supposed to do. Uh, and they're the, you know, the chic, young, up-and-coming, beast in the East that's trying to push through against two teams that are in their prime in the Celtics uh, and the bucks and everybody's ignoring the Sixers right now because they're not healthy. But when the big three gets healthy, that Sixers team is going to be very, very difficult to contend with because rotations get shorter in the playoffs. They're not the deepest team, uh, but their starting five is really, really nice. The Sixers that is, if they're healthy. So I think, I think what I've got down for Donovan Mitchell is the only way, and again, statistically, he is a notch behind. He's he's he is a notch behind. I know thirty four and four is nuts, but that's a notch behind AD. That's a notch behind Doncic. That's a notch behind you know Giannis and Jokic. It's not the same. It's not the same efficiency. So uh, they have to win the East. You know, if Cleveland wins the East, he's right there in the conversation.
2: Forty two from three too. Um,
1: it's interesting. I think a little bit
2: of Darius Garland takes away from him because of how good garland is and how much yeah. he makes the game for the for the Cavs. he steals steals donovan mitchell's thunder a little bit
1: yeah he's he's a look spider's in the pool but he would be the next one out of the pool for me after that i stopped ranking them in order because it was pissing me off because i couldn't distinguish And, and so,
2: we're nine or eight this is nine or that eight was eight. 10
1: like spider mitchell was 10th for me wow and so uh Let's just go. I've got these in no particular order, but I'm going to talk a little bit about each player and some of the notes and what has to – I think what has to happen and what's going on right now in order for them to win it, okay? If, you, if we had this – if we had filmed this two weeks ago, I would not have had this player in my top 20. But now he's probably in the top six or seven. You know who I'm talking about. Is it AD or Durant? It starts with a Z. Zion. I've got Zion around eighth or ninth right now, okay? Yeah, there's recency bias. Nobody's hotter than him right this second. If you go look at his last seven or eight games, mind-boggling. And the Pelicans are in first. So here's the deal. Nobody thought the Pelicans would be in first in the West. So he's got that narrative going for him. And you can't tag it on Ingram because Ingram sat the last six or seven games. Zion's done all of this crap. Right. And he's not doing it by himself. Uh, that's one of the deeper teams in the entire NBA. In my opinion, we'll see how Ingram fits when he comes back. If Zion can keep up these statistical explosions when Ingram comes back and takes away 17, 18 shots a game. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he won't. Uh, we shall see. Uh, but it's a scary thought that, you know, if you plug in a borderline all star player or an all star player, Ingram's made an all star team, I think double check me. Uh, who's just an elite, you know, a pretty good two-way wing? How much better the Pelicans could be? Is it addition by addition? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it affects his numbers. But on a seven to eight game surge, he's as good as anybody in the NBA. So he's hot right now. His team's in first. He's got that huge advantage of low team expectations. And I say low, meaning I think if you ask most people, they would have thought the self- you know, the, the Pelicans may finish fifth, sixth, eighth, tenth, whatever, somewhere in there. Nobody would have said, The Pelicans are going to win the West. And right now they are. But again, they're four and a half games out of not making the playoffs.
2: A healthy Zion and a playoff appearance would have been an overachievement from what the expectations were. Ingram was uh, an all-star and most improved player in his first season uh, as a New Orleans. In in New Orleans. Okay,
1: I thought so. So he did make an all-star team. Okay, so – overachieving he's got a huge advantage as an overachieving team he's got that going for him he's also got no beta to to like detract from him like ad's got lebron um you know uh kd has kyrie spider mitchell has garland uh tatum has dalen brown there's no you know I, I know ingram's numbers are elite but nobody's talking about ingram for mvp whereas some of these other guys have been in mvp conversations before uh,
2: so two, two uh, i totally agree Two things. One, I actually think without Ingram, this team is better. But I think the more important conversation is how deep the Pelicans team is. Oh, you don't like that comment?
1: I hate comments like that. There's no way that team is better without an all-star player on the wing. You're, that, you're basically saying Trey Murphy is better than Ingram. I'm not saying or, that. Or, or freaking Najee Marshall is better than Ingram. When you make statements like that, that's you're, you're basically saying, I think Najee Marshall makes this team better than Brandon Ingram we have got saying. to understand um,
2: there's five players on the court, right? So there needs yes. to be a level of chemistry. And there's times where two really good players individually actually take away from each other because the chemistry isn't there. They just – it's oil and water. They don't mix. Browns and bear. There you go. What, what we've seen with the Zion point god thing is give the ball to kind of your best player – and let him and get him going downhill, right? What happens yep. when Brandon Ingram needs to take the ball up and Zion is, is somewhere in the well, middle that's different. of it? Luck-
1: that's different. That that's that's you saying this team's better if Brandon Ingram stands in the corner and claps like Najee Marshall. That's different than saying Najee Marshall is better than Brandon Ingram or the team's better without Brandon that. Ingram. If you're saying the team's better with Zion at point guard, I might not disagree with you. If you say the team would be better if Willie Green would adjust his offense when Ingram comes back to replicate what they're doing now, I would agree with you. But to say that the team's better without an all-star, you know, wing who's in his prime, who can, you know, close games in the fourth quarter and score at all three levels, that's silly.
2: Well, what happens when Willie Green adjusts the offense and it doesn't
1: fit Brandon Ingram's skill set? Well, that's a that's a Brandon Ingram problem and that's a coach Willie Green problem. Let's see what he does. Let's see what he does. It, well, here's the thing. It's like you can only go down from here. The the Pelicans have won like freaking seven in a row, or seven out of eight, or something stupid. Two,
2: two against the Suns, which is always tough to beat a team back to back like that.
1: Dude, they won seven in a row without Ingram. So, so here, welcome back, Brandon Ingram. You know, let's go win seven more in a row. I know it's tough. It's gonna be tough to replicate that, but it is what it is. In that game, they won Sunday against the Suns. There was no uh, no Booker. So just remember that. I think
2: um, they're a very well balanced team.
1: Let's keep going. Just, okay. So Zion right there for me, uh, and again, we're not going into order now. Next is I got Anthony Davis. He's got the second lowest usage rate of these 13 players. What that means, and statistically, he's the best or the second best amongst the 13 players. So what that means to me is he's been preposterously efficient. And this is where you can go to those analytics and say he has to be efficient if he's got the lowest usage rate. And statistically, he's just as good or better than all of these other guys on the list. What is his PER? Where do you think he ranks on PER, Andrew? Top 10. Number one. one. He's the number one. He's got the best PER uh, out of these 13 players. He's got the advantage of being a two-way player, right? We haven't talked about that yet. Some of these guys are clear-cut defensive liabilities and or mediocre at best. Doncic, Booker, Morant, Steph, um... Zion has not been great defensively, although he seems to be giving more effort. AD is a clear-cut plus on the defensive side, so he's got that two-way advantage. We talk about Zion having the wow factor advantage. Well, AD's got the two-way player advantage, which we'll talk about with some of these other guys. He's a massive injury concern. His last four seasons, are you ready for this? 56 games, 62 games, 36 games, and 40 games. He would need to combine his last two seasons to pretty much to have enough games to win MVP. So can he do it? He's done it so far. He's done it so far. He slipped on the floor and missed the game, trying to help LeBron up, right? So everybody's waiting for the next shoe to drop. They're just waiting, right? That's that's kind of the funny little joke is like, okay, yeah, but but when is he, okay, he going to get hurt? When We've really seen this
2: story before.
1: We've seen it too many times. Fool me once. Fool me seven times. Shame on me, right? That's what this is. So if he plays 70 games, he's in the mix. But would he get MVP? If he was the most efficient player in the NBA and statistically almost the same as Giannis and Jokic and Embiid and and Steph, and they finished in the play in. I wanted to ask you that. At health aside, let's say he's
2: healthy 82 games, is he better than Giannis? And I want to say, is he better than Giannis on offense? Is he better than Giannis on defense? Tell me your thoughts on that.
1: Um, I think Giannis is better. I think Giannis is better. On both sides of the ball. On both sides of the ball, yeah. It would be here's nearly. The deal. Here's the deal. And this is why it's so difficult. And you know, you know how I feel about the Bucs and Giannis. So this is, you know, everybody keep this in mind. Like I know everybody's gonna yell at me like I'm a hypocrite and, and I'm pump, pumping my guy, but uh not humping my guy, pumping my guy. uh that also sounds bad. Hyping my guy. Why don't we say that? Um, here's the difference pumping between A D and Giannis. I'm not going to hump or pump you. Giannis, but I am going to hype him. But here's the difference, and, and this is why I keep telling you how important Middleton is. Giannis is that rare, arguable best player in the world who I don't necessarily want to give him the ball with four minutes left in a tie game in the fourth quarter in game seven. Now, we saw what he did in game – you know, when the finals where he had a 50-burger and closed it out and basically solidified he's the best player in the world. But on a consistent basis – you know, if you ask me to choose between Giannis and AD for the last four minutes of a tie game, I'm probably going to take AD. I'm probably going to take AD because you don't lose much defensively, um, but you gain a lot offensively. And then again, it depends on who's around him. That, that's the other thing. So I don't know. That's tough, man. That's it's, tough. It's,
2: it's it's the question I ask because as people vote for MVP, let's say we're, you know, April, May, mm-hmm. you have to look at AD and be like, well, who's the closest copy to him? Well, it's Giannis who does everything AD does, but his team's significantly better. How can we give the MVP to AD when we have a a carbon copy, so to speak, right here with a
1: much better team and a kind of, kind of? And they each have, they each do some things better than the of other. Course. I know they're shaped similar, so that there's often that you want to compare those two guys. But uh,
2: shaped that they meet people at the rim, they're, they're much yeah. better inside and defensively in similar. Team. Offensively,
1: both effective, but in a pretty different. A Agreed. It's significantly different way. Here's the other thing: is you know, I, you know, what what if it, it's the NBA Finals and it's the Bucks versus the, let's say, the Warriors? I don't want them to foul Giannis 16 times. You know, from Agreed. the five minute mark to the three minute mark, I don't want to see that because I, I I've seen the great where he goes 17 for 20 and, and it's over, and that's that's how you win the finals. But I've also seen this season over a five game stretch where it's like, did he just go 10 for 41 or something? Right, I mean, like who does that? You know, so you never know when Giannis is going to go into his weirdo free throw thing. AD uh, AD's AB, next, super efficient, great stats. But I, I I reiterate the question: Is there any way he can win MVP if the Lakers finish sixth? Right now they're like twelfth, right? I mean, mm-hmm. again, it's all tight. But right now the Lakers are in twelfth. What if they finish sixth? Is he going to win it over Jokic if they finish second? Is he going to win it over? Uh, Steph, if they win the West or finish. What second. does that
2: also say about LeBron if, if ad wins
1: MVP? You know, before the argument was they they cut away from each other, but I think I've I don't know about you, but I've have felt that LeBron has willingly made the really? game flow through ad. And it might be really beneficial come playoff time if you have a super fresh LeBron and if you have an upright ad, who's healthy? <laughs> I think it could uh, reap huge rewards. I know this. If I won the West, if the Warriors win the West, they're not going to want to see a healthy Lakers team no, with LeBron no. bullying. Who's going to guard LeBron? Who's going to guard Come that donkey, bully? Looney? Come okay. On, then donkey. who's going to guard AD? Kavon, well, you don't know that about Kavon Looney. He could go you gotta be nice to James Wiseman if you want to play the Lakers as a 1-8 seed or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's weird how NBA matchups can get real scary. And then it cuts both ways. Is LeBron going to chase Clay and Poole and, and Curry around? So I, I get it. It cuts both ways. But uh, the fact of the matter is, the Lakers better finish in the top two or three in the West. Otherwise, AD's not winning it either.
2: I just want to say uh, one thing and we'll move to the next one. Yeah. I think Giannis could take up a, a page out of AD's offensive book to see what's working for AD. And yeah. AD's getting the ball a lot near the elbow, you know, like 15, 16 feet away from the hoop.
1: I think it would help Giannis to start doing five of those a game. He's doing more of it. He he okay. is doing more of it. Here's the deal. His, his shot's not getting better. And that, that concerns me. And, it, and it, again, he's my favorite active player. We talked
2: about that last episode.
1: It's not getting better. It's getting worse. He, he continuously shoots the ball on the way down. And why a human being, it's like, it's common sense and it's innate in us as human beings. If you want to loft a ball in the air, a great distance, why would you wait until you're descending to the earth to release it? It doesn't make sense. It would be like a pitcher jumping backwards and trying to throw forwards. It doesn't make sense. It's just common sense. And why it doesn't click for Giannis, I have no idea. I I mean, they, have the
2: best co- they have the best coach in the world, Coach Bud. I'm so not I'm doing sure this. I'm not, it doing it. I'm not
1: doing it. I'm not bringing our, our group, group text arguments onto like, the I'm, onto the I'm, face I'm, of the I'm, channel. KD is next, okay? Uh, lurking in the shadows, uh, completely off people's MVP radar unless you live up in Brooklyn or unless you really scour and, and dive into it. Um, I don't know if people realize this because everybody's been so hyper-focused on Kyrie's crazy ass and on Ben Simmons' soft ass The Nets are in fourth. The Nets are in fourth place in the East. They're hosting a first-round playoff series right now. Healthy, they got T.J. Warren coming back. They got Steph Curry healthy. They got Joe Harris. They've got uh, uh, Patty Mills off the bench for veteran whatever he does. Uh, They've got, uh, I haven't even mentioned the two big ones, Kyrie and KD are scoring at a ridiculously preposterous clip right now, and KD's doing it in an extremely efficient manner. Um, KD's got MVP numbers right now. I know people don't realize that because they're so hyper focused on these other guys that are getting all the attention, but KD is right there, lurking in the shadows. They're three, they're four and a half out of first. If the Nets win the East, how could you not give it to him? That's scary to think about. Think about that. If the Nets win the East and and they, you know, they're four games ahead of the Celtics and the Bucks, you don't think there's going to be a clamoring and a huge push to give it to KD? Would that not be a really good feel-good story in the NBA? You know, he's reclaiming. You know, he's got his MVP form back and all that. You know how those narratives go, man. Um, KD has got the two-way advantage. He's a very, 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 very good defender. Uh, he's He's got the same uh, like type as Giannis, but he's more efficient. Same type of numbers as Giannis, but a more efficient player. Uh, and then the, the last question is, do they make a trade? Can they make a deal to make their team better? Uh, and that can be said for most of these teams, but – but especially uh, for that Nets team is can they make a trade to make their team better and find another, you know, another fourth starter that kind of fits in that starting lineup really, really good, like an improvement on a on a Joe Harris or on a TJ Warren who's kind of working his way back.
2: A lot of people aren't talking about this guy. They know him only from the poster of Anthony Edwards. Uh, but Watanabe, I think I'm saying this
0: yeah. right. Yes, yes.
2: Very low key player. Occasion always talks about know your role, know your role, play your role. This guy's shooting over 50% from three. And he's efficient, a solid defender, very efficient. Long,
1: yep. Super long, good role player. I like him. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Watnabi is definitely an off-the-radar rotation player for that team who, who could matter in a playoff series. Uh, enough about KD. He's in the mix. He's had he's won an MVP before. Everybody, I think if you asked, if you said, who are really the top five most talented players in the world, everybody would have him in their top five. That's and so he's got injury.
2: He's often got all the to average 30 after you tore your Achilles is bore, like that's just his greatness
1: is insane as a score. Yeah, he's averaging. He's not just averaging 30. He's averaging 30, 6.7 and 5.5. And by the way, he's shooting 56 percent as you can call him a forward, but he's a guard, man. I mean, he's doing it from the perimeter. He's doing it on pull ups. He's creating for others. He's Shooting 92 percent from the line and his usage is down. I say down. It's over 30, but it's 31 That's lower than uh, SGA. That's way lower than Embiid. That's lower than Doncic. That's lower than Tatum. That's lower than Donovan Mitchell. That's lower than Lillard. That's lower than Harden. Um, You know, it's lower than LeBron even. So he's doing it in a creepy, creepy, efficient manner. Uh, He's truly unlocked the matrix, and he's just on cruise control uh, in his early 30s. Uh, Next, Giannis. We don't this need to spend a lot of time. This on is him. number
2: five, Cajun? Number five. I'm not going in
1: order anymore. I gave up. So this Your is just the, what's left of the of the thirteen. So this is nine through one. Uh, and so I've got Giannis. He he's get this. He's the worst fantasy player of anybody in the thirteen. He's ranked forty wow. eighth, man. He's because ranked forty eighth. And I'll, I'll give you one guess why.
2: Three throws and three point shooting
1: well, yeah, he never makes threes. He takes them, but he never makes them. Uh, and shoots 62% from the line and takes more free throws than anybody in the league. So he's taking the most and missing the most. Horrible for fantasy. Uh, and, and and again, fantasy is not reality, but what's the narrative about Giannis right now? We're, we're desensitized to what he does. If he gets 35, 16, and eight in a game, we just move on to the next box score. Whereas if Shea Gilders alexander gets it, you and me are sending texts back and forth saying, holy shit, did you see what SGA did? He did it again. With Giannis, When Giannis does it, and they win a game by 16 points, and he doesn't play halfway through the fourth, we're like, okay, well, that's what's supposed to happen. He's the best player in the world. Uh, so what I worry about is there's no chance for a positive narrative, but the negative narrative is free throw shooting, and it it's really bad this year, like a huge step back. 62% is disastrous when you're taking that many he's got the two-way advantage I think everybody would put him on their list of the 10 best defenders in the world um he's also got something that Jokic has that they are only two that have it and it's that that recency bias in that that repeat hurdle right we've seen them both win back to back that's hard to do winning three in a row damn near impossible Bird did it I believe uh and i I think Moses Malone might have. I don't know if I'm right on that. I, I'm almost certain Bird did it, right? Because at that point, everybody would have agreed that Bird was the best player in the world. I don't think we've seen this in a really long time. I should know this, but I don't think anybody's won three in a row for 30 or 40 years, okay? Going back to Bird. Um, so that repeat hurdle is real. Jokic is going to face it because he's won two in a row. Giannis is still going to face it because he won the two before Jokic won the two. Uh, and so – Giannis also has the highest usage rate. And here's the real big thing that people are not talking about. Giannis wants to play every minute of every game, but they're load managing him right now, man. He's got a sore knee. And I know this because he's on my fantasy team. And I get a text update every morning saying, Giannis questionable, Giannis probable knee, Giannis questionable knee, Giannis out, rest, knee, sore knee. So I don't think it's an injury per se. It might be one of those like meniscus deals where it flares up, something that maybe they touch up in the off season. It's been building, uh, over the last couple of years, I know this because I watch him very closely, so that's something to keep an eye on. If Giannis plays 65 games and Jokic plays 75 or AD plays 75, that's that that matters. That, that's a big difference, right? That's another checkbox in the category of, of durability.
2: On the knee, I still can't believe that injury that when they went on to win the, the final how that does structural damage that i like, left. I'm-
1: I left the house. Asked my wife. I literally I left the house screaming because I thought it was over. I thought after all his
2: career type of stuff. Well,
1: well, certainly over for the for the next year and a half. Yes. And I I left the house, Andrew, and I was screaming. And I was like, "Go watch! I can't watch it again." I probably went to buy more energy drinks. I went to buy more energy drinks or throw up the four that I had drank before that game. (laughs) That's probably what I went to do. The thing with
2: Um, honest man. So he's averaging like thirty-one points a game. A little bit better free throw shooting, and he makes one more three a game. He's pushing 35, 40 points he's
1: average. Leading, he's lead the league in scoring. If he if he if he shoots seventy eight percent from the line, he's entering Wilt type it, it, numbers. Like he's entering a, a freakish category, a Jordan thirty eight a game category.
2: It's like oh, I know, man.
1: It's right there, man. It's it's fifteen. It's I'm a real estate attorney, and I can shoot eighty. You know, I shot eighty four percent from the line in college, eighty five percent from the line in college. I'm a freaking random 6'4 real estate attorney. Like, why is it so hard? You do this every single day. Just go watch a video of Mark Price and Steve Nash and just go do it. (laughs) I don't understand what's so hard about it. It, Um,
2: Someone has to go and break his form and rebuild it from scratch because, like you said, he's locking out his knees, shooting on the way down. You don't need 10 seconds to shoot foul shots.
1: If you need three seconds to shoot a foul shot, it's up here. I'm sorry. That's, that's, there's nothing else to say. Now, here's the one. In defense of him, it's like shooting a golf ball. Uh, it, his hands are so big. It's literally like it's like you and me shooting a, uh, probably a softball. Wouldn't you rather shoot a basketball than a softball sure. to try to make hundred? You know, because how so, it comes
2: off your fingers is everything. Especially Jordan always said comes off the yeah, bunny ears,
1: right? Bunny ears. But here's the deal: Kevin Durant's hands, you know, could probably cover our screen. So let's relax. It's, that's not an excuse. It's just a factor to consider. Uh, we got to keep going. We got like 15 minutes. Uh, Jokic again. Jokic and Giannis. We don't have to speak too much about those guys. Jokic has the lowest usage rate amongst the 13 players. And it's funny because this is one of the very few things that I actually got right in my preseason predictions was that Jokic would shoot less, Jokic would touch the ball uh, often, but shoot less and have a much lower usage rate because Jamal Murray was back. We thought Michael Porter would be back. Uh, Aaron Gordon's actually having a really good season. So he's got the lowest usage rate, the two-time MVP, lowest usage rate out of all 13 of these guys, which tells me he's going to be fresher, Uh, The team is playing better as a team. Uh, He's got the second best PER behind Anthony Davis. Uh, PER is probably, arguably, along with team success, one of the greatest indicators of who's going to win the MVP award. So he's got that to hang his hat on. Uh, He does have to overcome the aforementioned repeat hurdle. And for him, it's a three-peat hurdle, which, like we said, we haven't seen it in 30, 40 years, whatever, since Bird um he's got the best wins against replacement again this is gets a little bit out of my zone of comfortability about how much i rely on these but for what it's worth he's got by far the best war uh which is a bigger deal i think in baseball but in basketball it matters too he's got the biggest war um he's got the best overall raptor rating which is another analytic that tries to compile a player's value into one you know one number i don't really dig the raptor rating let me tell you why raptor's dumb. you ready there's a Raptor rating, right? It was created by fill-in-the-blank. I don't care. ESPN, uh, I think. Whatever. There's there's an uh, an offensive Raptor rating. There's a defensive Raptor rating. And then when you combine those, you just add them together. There's an overall Raptor rating, okay? Jason Tatum uh, has the seventh best defensive real plus minus in the NBA. If I asked you, hey, is Jason Tatum a good defender? Your answer would be, yeah, he's an elite. Def-. Would your answer be, yeah, he's an elite wing defender top 10 top 10 right so his defensive real plus minus is seventh in the entire nba all positions better than bam out true or false maybe i don't know better than anthony davis better than og ananobi tatum is ranked defensive plus minus better than those three players who we know are elite we know hold on sh- guess what his raptor defensive raptor rating is and this is why I don't rely on Offensive analytics. Offensive or defensive? Defensive. 25. 116th. Worse than John ja Moran. So which one's wrong? That's that's my point with analytics. You try to combine everything into one number and, and reflect again? how good a player is offensively or defensively. He's 116th or 7th. Which is it? You choose. Like somebody's dumb. Right. I don't use Raptor. That's why I don't use Raptor. But that being said, Jokic has the best Raptor rating. Uh, and then uh, Jokic, believe it or not, also has the, the two-way advantage. He's a really good defender, man.
2: Jokic is averaging 24, 9, and 10. Okay. And that's what this team having to mesh. If he averages a triple-double, it's over. do we have to give him an MVP, honestly? You give him the MVP. Yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, unless they finish ninth or something. Yeah, yeah he's the MVP. I think they're third right now. Yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm just saying if something happens, if he gets hurt, if they drop to ninth or whatever, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, what if Zion's averaging, you know, 29, seven and seven and they're first in the West Wouldn't that that's what I'm saying. That's what this is going to come down to. It's going to come down to something nuts like that. And, and it's going to be the first year where it's going to be like, dude, there's five guys out there. I think this year there's gonna be like four or five dudes where. People are going to be like, no, oh, it's clearly him. No, it's clearly him. I mean, usually it's one, two, three. Um, I think it could be five, as many as five guys this year, Andrew. It's going to be crazy, man. What I love about Jokic is he, he he's a, another guy
2: that knows his role as a superstar and was able to take a little bit of a step back shooting to get his guys involved. But yet this team is doing better. Every He's getting guys involved. So, I mean, you got to tip your
1: hat to Jokic year, every year, over year. 24, 9, and 10, and he's shooting – Like 60, high 30s, and 80. He's almost, um, I mean, it's with the lowest usage. It is mind-boggling how efficient he is. And to my knowledge, no center's ever averaged a triple-double or even gotten remotely close. Uh, Wilt led the league in assists one year. Um, So I guess that would, I guess, be the closest anybody's ever come. But shit, Andrew, that was 50 years ago, man. Um, so he's trying to replicate what rep, I mean, averaging a triple double one Westbrook and MVP on a average team. If he's the first center ever to do it on a really good team in the top three in the West, I, I would think he would have to win it. It's funny, but the margin may be that thin point nine assists, that magical 10.0, I think would do it. I, I think I
2: think he could get there, and I it's it's interesting too. that it doesn't happen often in the season. But they actually got a five day break. Their last game was Saturday. They're playing tomorrow. Weird. It's sometimes they throw those in to give like players five yeah. days. Yeah. So so we'll see how he comes out out of this like short rest, so to speak.
1: Next, uh, we didn't spend a lot of time on Jokic and Giannis because we know what they are. Uh, Steph Curry, he's got this going for him. He's a fan media favorite. Uh, it would be an incredible feel-good story narrative. And if you don't think this kind of crap factors in, you're fooling yourself. Amongst some of the voters, it will. It wouldn't if I was a voter, but I think amongst some people it would. Um, he, they've got to win the West. That's, it's just that simple. They've got to win the West. And if they don't win the West, I don't see any way Steph gets it because he's a one-way player, not a two-way player. Uh, so even, you know, the fan-friendly media and the hype. Now, one thing I'll say about him is Steph has a wow factor uh unlike Zion's wild factor. They both have wild wow factors, but it's it's not it's not oh my god, did you see Steph put his ass on the rim like Zion uh or the 360 dunk at the end of the game which I thought was classless. Uh it's where did he just shoot the ball from? What did he just do with the ball? Or did you even see him warm up before the game? He's a wild wow factor every time he steps foot in the gym. And uh and he's as viral as anybody and he does it without getting over the rim. And so he's got that advantage um I don't know. A lot of people seem to hate the Warriors, you know, the way people used to hate LeBron or wherever he went. There's a lot of people out there that really don't like the Warriors. We know a few. I'm I'm indifferent.
2: I know know one. Yeah, Maybe maybe some LeBron fans. I asked Cage, I was like, Cage, like, my sister's always smiling and I'm always serious. And I asked Cage, like, why do you think she's had so much success? And he's like, it's easy because she's always smiling. And there's something about the joy that Curry brings. When people yep. watch play, he, like, he gives off joy, right? And I think we're all, in a weird way, looking to be happier in our lives. We watch sports because we want to forget the real world and feel a certain way. And I think when you watch Curry, you feel joy. I think Luca,
1: in another way, brings a lot of joy to people. Luca's pissing me off lately. He's bitching okay. about every single call, every single – Shot he misses is somebody else's fault. He's pissing me off with that. It's it's It it was really bad early in his career. And then everybody said, fix it, right? Even the refs made it clear, you better stop this or or else. And it stopped. And now it's worse than it's ever been. I've never, I'm I'm telling you, and I love the guy. I think he's transcendent and he's got, you know. He complains a lot. Bro, I watch a lot of Mavericks games. It is unbearable. He can't miss a shot just because he missed a shot. It's always looking at the ref, glaring at the ref, every single time, man. Even for his teammates. His teammates miss a shot. He'll look at the ref, and he'll bitch at the ref. And guess what? Every time he misses a layup where there's any contact, he does this. Oh, review it. Review it. And he goes to Jason Kidd. Of course, Jason Kidd reviews one out of 70 because he knows if, you know, it's like the boy who cried wolf. If you do this every time there's contact on the court, your coach is not going to believe you either. And by the way, they've got a replay up here. You're wrong 99% of the time, but he's like that. It's driving me nuts. And I wish he'd kill that. I wish he'd just kill that. I think he'd get even more calls.
2: And you're the one initiating the contact often too. Yeah. Luca, or- not you,
1: Cajun. Yeah. No, no. I avoided contact at all costs. Right, but like, Luca, You're player. the one that's putting
2: your body into guys. Yeah. You're a big boy. Yeah. You know what you're doing. You're not just yeah. going to, it's the same thing as LeBron. Eventually LeBron stopped getting calls to be honest.
1: He is. He's getting fewer calls because he's not, he doesn't command those types of calls anymore. You know, it's funny. It's funny that that's a great video to do about how, you know, a player's career transitions as a rookie first or second year player, you don't get calls then when you enter your prime and you're elite and you're the clear cut alpha, you get calls you don't deserve. And then as you get older and you no longer can go by people and, you know, the guys that are guarding you are, are your position in their prime and they're in that they get the calls guys they get away with more defensively and you don't get those calls when you're an offensive player. It's an interesting, uh, you know, lifespan of an NBA player and how referees officiate them.
2: Well, you guys people need to realize so um there's an awesome new documentary we'll wrap up in a second it's um the rise of Barcelona from 2008 to 2012 on Netflix and there is they're talking about how referees watch the games and then they change their officiating based on the plays right so and same thing in the NBA these referees watch the games from the previous years they have meetings and they're like we can't call this play anymore this way
1: they, For sure. they For sure they, they and, didn't and- it. And the league tells him, we're we're not doing this. We're not calling this. We're not doing this. Yeah. Uh, We got to hustle. I got literally six minutes. Uh, Steph, we got three left. Tatum, uh, he has the best defensive plus minus, better than Anthony Davis, who's second. Okay? But remember, on the Raptor, he's the 116th ranked defensive player. So go figure that out. He's got the preseason hype. I think he and Doncic were the two players preseason, uh, I think, that, that received the most Uh, hype as far as pushing them into that MVP conversation. That's what I think. And part of it is it's just time for Doncic. He's just that good. And then Tatum coming off of what he did last season and then what he did in the playoffs for what turned out to be the best team in the East because Middleton was hurt, uh, even though he didn't have a great finals. You know, what he did in the playoffs leading up to the finals was just nuts. I mean, he proved he was – Better than I thought he was, and he was in that conversation. So I think Embiid, I'm sorry, uh, Tatum and Doncic are the two that had the most preseason hype push entering their prime. They're both entering right into that prime where it's just time, shitter get off the pot. Um, and then the question is, do they have to win the East? And I think the answer is I think they do. Otherwise, you know, if they're, they're gonna the blow up the East by it. six games, how could you give it to Tatum? The, over Giannis. If they're going to the
2: blow out the East, dude. They're let's, on a mission let's
1: just say they do. Let's let's say Tatum uh let's say the Celtics win the East by 6 games. And Giannis and um Embiid are better statistically. But the Celtics win the East by 6 games. They're going to give it to Tatum. For sure. And that's why I think amongst these these guys Tatum and Embiid and Giannis it's going to. And, and you can throw Donovan Mitchell in there, but I don't think he'll keep pace statistically. I just don't um but Tatum and Bede and Giannis, uh, you know, if they're all similar statistically, I just think they're going to give it to any team that that kind of pulls away from the others. Now, here's the question. What if there's a three way tie? What if they're all one game apart? You know, then then you've got um, then you're going to have a muddy picture at the end of the year, dude. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be we're going to be able to do this video and disagree you know, after 82 games, and that's this is gonna be the first year where we've ever really had that, where there's like five or six dudes in the conversation after 82 games. Andrew, I think it's really gonna be that way this year.
2: Here, here's here's another thing that favors the Celtics. I know we got to go. Is they've already played, so they lost two to the Cavs and one to the Warriors, one to the Clippers. Okay, it's always hard to go on the West Coast, and the Cavs are, are, are a good team. Those games are sort of out of the way. They've already played the Cavs three times. Their schedule the rest of the year is incredibly easy relative to other teams. And then you get Robert Williams back, and they're first in the East. And they're on a mission. So just record-wise, they're gunning for it. This team is motivated to finish the regular season with the best record.
1: Yep. I'm not sure. I think think after what happened last year with the Bucs and the Celtics, I think the Bucs are motivated too. I think they're going to push for that best record. Now, the difference is you're not sitting Tatum because of knee soreness, but you're having to sit Giannis because of knee soreness. And then now, you know, Middleton came back two games back. He screws his ankle up. So just bad luck for the Bucs. But we'll see how that shakes out. You and I think they're one and two, but we we think maybe in reverse order. So we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, Embiid, huge injury concern. Obviously, you, you shake your head. His stats are damn close to Jokic. Amazing. Jokic is more efficient. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but Embiid's a better defender. Jokic, In my opinion, I don't care what analytics say. I think Embiid's a better defender than Jokic. Um, He's also a a more dominant individual statistical force, which means more, I think, in the playoffs than necessarily it does in the regular season. Um, You know, he's never going to be stats across the board like Jokic. He can't do that. Uh, But as far as most dominant big, like put the ball in the basket and or get fouled and make free throws, Embiid's as good as it gets in the NBA, along with AD. so he's got uh, – the injury concern is big for him. Uh, he's already missed a few. Uh, he's got big game amplification. And what I mean by that is he's already got two 50s, right? He's already got two in the books. He scored 50 twice. If he scores 55 times, that matters. I know it shouldn't. Like scoring 55 times shouldn't matter as much as scoring 37 games in a row like Zion's doing or something like uh, along that measure, but it will because those games are more memorable Uh, so Embiid's got that going for him. Uh, it is also, there's a lot of people that thought he kind of got snubbed and overlooked last year. I'm not one of them, but a lot of people do, and that he should have been at least considered last year. Uh, and then he's got that two-way advantage, man. Uh, like a Tatum, like an AD and like a Giannis, he can do both ends of the court. Uh, that's it for Embiid. And then the last one is Doncic. He's got by far the best real plus minus. Uh, obviously it's heavy on the offensive plus minus more so than the defensive plus minus where he's a little bit lagging behind. Uh, He's the preseason golden boy, the most hype, uh, the next great one. There's a million reasons that people are going to want him to win the MVP. And when I say most people, I mean most voters. Um, The problem is, you know, we've talked about this. I don't think he has the surrounding parts to get there. I I don't know how Doncic can win MVP if they finish sixth or seventh or eighth. And I think that's where they're going to finish. That's just me. And I don't think it's Doncic's fault. I just don't think he can carry this type of load this long in the regular season. I just don't think he can do it. He has to do everything, everything for that team, everything. And I just don't know if he can do that for enough games and keep this up and win those games. I just don't know, man. Give me your three at the end of the year. (sighs)
2: I'll give you mine if you want. Tatum, Jordan.
1: Tatum, Giannis, Jokic. Tatum, Giannis, Jokic
2: minus Tatum Zion Jokic
1: I don't think that the Pelicans are going to finish the season with a better record than Nuggets and that's where we disagree so so could Zion have the numbers I do uh and then there's also the injury risk with Zion if I, if I was a game if you made me gamble I would bet Jokic over Zion because I think the Nuggets are better uh, even though I know the Pelicans are on fire and they're Louisiana, so I should probably say the Pelicans, but I'm just speaking with my, my head, not my heart. Uh, I, I would say Jokic, Tatum, Giannis. I would say those are the three. But here's the it. deal. that That's why we listed 13 on here, because if any of these guys' teams go on this nutso run like the Pelicans are going on, and let's say somehow – uh, the Sixers win the East. Let's just say somehow the Sixers win the East. Maxie comes back and they're healthy, and Tobias Harris keeps doing his thing and, and plays better offensively. Uh, you're, you're not going to be able to not put Embiid in the top three. The, the, they, if they finish with a better record than who everybody thinks are the two best teams in the league, which is the Celtics and the Bucks, how can you not have Embiid in your top three?
2: Not, I don't, I don't know how liked Embiid is. Just ability factor.
1: Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. I don't know. He doesn't. I think, feel- are, I think everybody on this list is likable. Every single every single person on this list of thirteen has has their pros and cons. Right? They have their their that's warts. The some, some, some some of these guys' warts are only their team, <laughs> like Tocic and AD. Like their team is their only wart. And, and Shea Gilders Alexander, that's his only wart is that he's surrounded by G leaders. Uh, man, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. It's eleven oh seven. I got to get out of here.
2: That's another episode. I hope you guys enjoy the NBA show, Cajun, You're a superstar. I would vote for you for MVP.
1: Thank hey, you. Look, for- let's solicit comments. I want everybody to to give us right now who their top three are, and then after 82 games, who their top, who they think the top three will be. I'm, I'm curious. I'm I'm curious to see if I'm crazy or what, or you're crazy, or um, I don't think anybody's crazy. If you told me Tatum, uh, Steph, and Doncic, okay, sure. I mean, if the Mavericks finish second, you're probably right. do just wins it. You know, it's nuts. A lot of uh, a lot of parity statistically, and a lot of parity in the standings right now. After 82 games, I gotta believe that'll the team parity will separate a little bit. Yep. All right, y'all. Love you guys.
0: Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um. Do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.